Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to have Dr. Sharon Celine back on the show. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Louise. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Yeah, likewise. So I have recorded a couple of episodes in the past with Dr. Celine. I shared her book with you all, her ADHD book, uh, the book on ADHD, What Your Child Wishes You Knew. It's fantastic. If you have a child with ADHD, I would strongly advise or encourage you to go read that. She's a, just has so much information and wisdom uh, to help and support parents through their challenges, but not only with ADHD, with anything. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about how to motivate your child, teenager, toddler, through times such as the ones that we find ourselves in right now, we're in the midst of COVID-19. We are all at home with our children. We all have teenagers lying on the sofa. We have toddlers going stir crazy. We have ourselves going a bit stir crazy. So we actually recorded an episode um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, episode 418, if you want to look it up, on how to uh, deal with anxiety and how to help your child through the anxious moments that they find themselves in during COVID-19 and the anxious moments we find ourselves in. But today we thought we would talk about motivation because I get lots of emails from all of you saying that you really struggle to motivate your teen. So I'm going to throw this over to um, Sharon and see what she says about it all how do we motivate our teenagers and can we you know as parents to say how do i motivate my teen i'm curious to see how you would recommend parents deal with this well motivation is a complicated uh concept and it 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 in it, it, it includes several executive functioning skills that work simultaneously time management initiation Uh, sustained attention, goal-directed persistence. Of course, we also, you know, those are the main ones, but we also can include planning and organizing and impulse control um, because you have to keep yourself going, uh, which means you have to refrain from doing something else that might come your way that seems really interesting or appealing. Um, So so we want to start by understanding that there are two types of motivation. Extrinsic, which is something that's late that sort of exists outside of you um, uh, for example um, if you don't take your permission form in uh, by Friday you can't go on the class trip on Monday there's an external goal and a reason for doing it and then there's intrinsic motivation which is doing something for the sake of doing it you you want to run a nine-minute mile 
you want to reach the next level in your, in your computer game. And um, kids with ADHD are naturally lower in intrinsic motivation. And that's because motivation is, is built upon interest. And interest and rewards are facilitated in networks of the brain that are mediated by um, the neurotransmitter dopamine. And that's a big scientific lot of words right there. But essentially, you know, neurotransmitters are like the farriers of our brain and they help messages go from one cell to the other. And dopamine is um, the neurotransmitter that we see in networks that have to do with pleasure, reward, interest. If we don't have those things, it's hard to stick with a task. Now, intrinsic motivation, that ability to do something because it gives you satisfaction, fully matures in the late teens or early 20s. And that means if your child has ADHD, um, we're talking about a, a delay of up to three years. So what we have to do to build intrinsic motivation is to develop extrinsic motivators, and we call those incentives. So we want to incentivize why kids do things with with, with, with quote-unquote rewards that matter to them. Because the, the inverse of that is punishment. And taking things away from kids doesn't teach them any skills. And it, it doesn't teach them how to initiate or motivate themselves later on. It just teaches them what to avoid. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, with ADHD kids, do you feel that this is relevant with non-ADHD, um, with, with neurotypical Absolutely. It's just that the developmental trajectory is different. You know, neurotypical kids develop intrinsic motivation in their late teens, early 20s. So it's just a little bit later for kids yeah. with ADHD. So all the stuff I'm talking about is absolutely relevant yeah. for neurotypical kids. Yeah. In order to build extrinsic motivation, which then over time translates into intrinsic motivation, we have to work with um, incentives things that help kids motivate. You know, you and I, I don't know about you, but after I do, after I make dinner, I do my dishes because I want to watch my show. My show is my reward and my motivator for doing the dishes. If I watch my show first, chances are good I'm not going to do the dishes that night, which means I'm going to wake up to a sink full of dishes, which I don't want to deal with and may not have time for. Yeah. So I've taught myself to do that. I also know that now, you know, if I have um, a list of things that I want to do, I'm going to feel satisfied if I can tick some things off that list. I'm going to feel satisfied. I've set that that those the, that task those tasks for myself. That's intrinsic motivation. And then, and so we have to teach kids the difference between have tos and want tos. There are things we have to do every day, and there are things we want to do every day. The want-tos are our rewards for the have-tos. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And, you know, I, I totally understand that. And I know that there will be parents listening and they're going to say, but my, my son just won't do it. You know, you're saying there's want-tos and have-tos. And the mum might say, you have to do the dishwasher today. And I'd like you to do the dishwasher before... Uh, you do your play on your Xbox and the kid doesn't do it. I mean, I, I'm faced with this in my work as a coach, you know, when parents are saying my son just won't do it. He won't do mm -hmm. it. He's in his room. He shut the door. 
and he's checked out and he won't do it. How do I motivate him? Or another mother wrote to me just yesterday and said, mm -hmm. my daughter spends 12 hours in her room on her phone, on social media. She won't come out. She's locked away. She's taking self-isolation to the point where it's actually, you know, it's over the top. I mean, I think she's using self-isolation as an as a great reason to be on her bed on her social media, but mm -hmm. how do you how do you help and support parents when where the kid is really putting their foot down and just not doing it, or if they say they'll do it but they won't do it, won't do it? So there are two issues here. One issue is about initiation, and one issue is about cooperation. So in order to the reason that people procrastinate is because the task seems too big. It's unpleasant, they don't want to get started, and they can't actually figure out what to do so that they can minimize the pain of doing the task. So we have to break task down, tasks down into small pieces. And if your kids still can't get started on them, part of the problem is that the task is still too big. So maybe it's too much to ask your child to study for 30 minutes, but maybe the way that they think is, I'll do three math problems and then I'll take a break. Like, how, how does your child approach tasks? Some kids like time and some kids like actual focusing on the task itself. So in order to get started, you have to break things down. And if kids still can't get started, then the task is too big. Mm -hmm. And that's something to remember. So maybe your child um, is totally physically, emotionally, mentally capable of doing the whole dishwasher but they can't get started because they don't really see a point. Like what's the pressure? They don't feel the heat under them to do it. And so a lot of times what parents do is they say, well, if you don't do it, I'm gonna take this away. Mm -hmm. That thinking is not, is not useful. You wanna flip it on its head, take back control of the screens and have them earn screen time as their privilege for doing things you want them to do. Right now, uh, that's woman, the, a child who's spending 12 hours in a room, it's too much time. So what are the rules around screens in your house? Mm -hmm. Are screens actually something that kids earn for cooperating? Because I think that's the way it has to be. So they can have a certain amount of screen time every day that's a gift, maybe an hour, and the other two hours they have to earn through their participation and cooperation. And this is very hard for families who've given all the screens away now to kind of roll them backwards, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so um, what, is, what is your golden ticket in this situation is that your child wants to avoid conflict with you. They don't like the yelling. They don't like the arguments as much as you do. So if you want to enlist their assistance in reducing conflict in their family, which is a goal that everyone shares. They don't want you to nag them and you want them to do the stuff they have to do. Then you need to actually roll, take the screen time and roll it up into a package that entices them to do things. So I would suggest you set amount of screen time that they get free every day at the same time. That's an hour maybe maybe two hours, use that time for yourself to do your work, to um, take a break, to make dinner. The rest of the time, because you've decided they could have up to three, three hours a day, or right now maybe it's four, and this is screen time separate from school because we can't count school in that, that extra time is earned. You do your homework, you earn 15 or minutes or a half hour. You do the dishwasher, you earn another half hour. And this motivates kids because they want the extra. 
-hmm. The thing they get every day, oh, that's not enough. I need more. So they want the more. Show me how you're going to earn it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very valid point. And I think also it's important how we phrase that to them. So mm -hmm. it doesn't become, you know, conditional. It's a, you know, I always say to parents, I like to, to substitute the word if with when. Mm -hmm. So rather than saying, if you do the dishwasher, then you can have, you know, half an hour on your screen, because then it's all conditional. And if you say, if you do the dishwasher to a child, there's a, they have a choice. They, they might not do it. When, mm -hmm. If you change the if to when and you say when you've done the dishwasher, then you can have your screen. There's, it's, there's no conditions about it when you do it. You're not saying if you do it, giving them a choice that they don't do it. You're saying when you do it, which puts you in a very much more uh, strong situation because you're saying, no, it's a given. You have to do this. When you do right. it, then you get the 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 preferred activity. I, I talk about non-preferred activities and preferred activities. And mm -hmm. every child wants to do the preferred activities. They don't want to do the non-preferred. Right. That's saying. the have to versus that's the have to versus have to, the want to. want to. So we live in a house together and particularly, you know, it, it, during this uh, COVID-19 confinement that we're living in. And um, even if people are listening to this when this confinement ends, we live in a community in our house. And everybody participates to make this community run smoothly. And smoothly means I'm um, not arguing. We're not arguing every day. So you have your tasks and I have mine. And we're going to work together because working, not working together isn't really a good option. Mm -hmm. No, we have, we have to work. It doesn't make you happy and it doesn't make me happy. We have to work together as a team. And so um, one of the challenges, though, is identifying what your child actually is capable of and what your role is uh, in terms of supervision of doing the tasks you're asking them to do. You don't, you, you, you don't, you may not need to stand over them while they're emptying the dishwasher, but you may need to kind of uh, assist them in getting started. Mm -hmm. And you may need to assist them in making sure it's finished, making sure that you know, the cutlery rack has been done as well. I mean, I actually talking of dishwashers, my son, was emptying the dishwasher today 19 he actually does have ADHD but it's mm -hmm. no H but so he did the dishwasher and I was taking a break between my my clients and I nipped down to um, make myself a cup of tea and he was doing the dishwasher and he got to the end of it this is funny he got to the end of doing the dishwasher and he had the cheese grater in his a metal cheese grater and he's throwing it up and catching it and I'm like you're going to slice your fingers and he's throwing it up and catching it thought it was quite funny and you know doing this thing and I left the kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. So I came back five minutes later and I went to put my teacup because I'd had my tea in the dishwasher and there was the clean grater in the dishwasher. So I looked at him and I said, uh, hello, clean, did you use the cheese grater? He goes, no. I said, well, how come it's in the dishwasher now? And he goes, oh. He said, I think I left it on the top and then I looked at it and thought, hmm, I should load the dishwasher. So I think I put it in. <laughs> so I just had to laugh. So I took you have to clean, laugh. I took the clean grater out the dishwasher and I put it in the cupboard. But there, you know, case in point, he was not doing it on purpose. He just no. got totally sidetracked. He's not particularly motivated to do the dishwasher, but he did it. 
and but talk about completing you know i'm completing the circle here mm -hmm. you know sometimes we have to check in and make sure it's done and done to an okay level i could have got angry and went why have you put the clean one back in the dishwasher i can't even get you to you can't even do this properly no point going there he'd done the dishwasher i saw this as actually being quite funny he was laughing as well this is the same one that i was telling uh, sharing the story with you this morning about mm -hmm. it's impossible he said to me it's impossible to not be triggered by your teenager mom right now when you're living with three of them just let's face it you're going to be triggered and i said wise words that's so funny. What you know, but the thing is, you behaved in a way that is so admirable. You laughed. Mm -hmm. You laughed, right? If you want your kids to do the dishes and they don't do a good job on their own, offer to be their dish, offer to, offer to dry as they clean or as they load or whatever, and put some music on and dance around. Mm -hmm. you know, they can be embarrassed and you can make it fun having a sense of humor with kids right now is really important and also when you being able to be somewhat present when they're doing a task mm -hmm. because they may need a little support in getting to the end of the task in finishing the task absolutely and just before we finish because i know this will be valuable to parents right now covid19 screen time no green time or little green time mm -hmm. striking a balance is really difficult and so finding ways to you know reduce the nagging reduce the conflict around screens so humor is good but i wanted to just talk quickly about how we can create the structure and also how we can make sure that if we have set a boundary and that we hold the limit to be able to hold the limit it's it's like we were just discussing that sometimes we, we have to get them started. We never have to get them started on their screens, but they get started on their screens, but we can't presume that they're all going to go, oh, that's my hour up. I'm going to go and tell mom I finished on my screen because she said an hour and it's now an hour. That's not gonna happen. They love their screens. They're addicted to their screens. The chances are we're going to have to circle back and make sure and remind them to come off their screens. That's right. I mean, I, I, I talk about this in my book, but I call this easy on, easy off. I love that. Much, everyone gets on. And then how are you going to get off? So you want to tie that bonus time to the ways, in, as I said earlier, to different tasks, but also to how your child exits the screen time that they already have. You know, if you exit the screen time, I give you a warning and you exit the screen time with, with yelling at me, but not kicking me, that's a step forward. If you exit the screen time with no yelling, that's another step forward. You know, decide where it is because some kids can't exit at all. So start your bar very low and then they can earn something and then raise the bar with the amount of time that they can earn for that bonus. Mm -hmm. At the end of the bonus time, how they get off the bonus time determines whether they get that same bonus the next day. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So it's is all the motivation. Ex yeah. You absolutely connect things. And if your child one, you know, use time with you to help kids get off. Younger kids who want to spend time with you, play a game, do an activity, do something outside. For older teens who, who don't necessarily want to spend time with you, getting off their screen is a little bit harder. So make some agreements. Well, you have to stop gaming, but you can actually uh, FaceTime a friend or you have to stop gaming and then we're gonna start a program, pick a show you'd like to watch and it's gonna be our special thing every day. 
or uh, we're going to make popcorn or bake something or whatever it is that you We're going to make dinner, Sharon. We're going to make dinner. Very good. I love dinner. And if your kid's like, I don't like cooking, you're like, well, you know, you like eating? Because if you like eating, learning how to cook is important. And this is a great time to do that. It is. And also back to the motivation, you know, I was speaking with a client recently and I said, you know, maybe you can use this time to help your, your kids learn how to cook. And she said, yes, that sounds like a great idea, provided that there's a protein and a vegetable and a carbohydrate. And I looked at her and I said, okay, if you want your kids to be motivated to cook, can I invite you to allow them to choose what they are going to cook? Mm -hmm. Let go of the protein, greens, oranges, and carbs. Ask them, what do they want to cook? Because a child who's learning to cook is probably going to want to cook mac and cheese, a burger, chicken strips. Even if it's chicken strips, make mm -hmm. healthy ones with them. If that's what they want to eat, they're going to be more motivated to learn how to cook that. So give that's them the right. choice. Give them but the that, choice. So that goes back to that interest, right? Yes. If they're interested in something, they're going to want to do it. So we as parents, particularly now, have to be a little flexible. If you don't have a protein, a vegetable, and a starch at dinner every night, you're not going to die. You know, nope. make, let, if they want to learn how to make mac and cheese, let them learn. Mm -hmm. You know, think about what's most important and, in, and ask yourself, is this the hill I want to die on? You know, which is, a, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a saying, which is like, is this where I want to drag it into the mud and go down? Because mm -hmm. probably it's not, and it's not worth it. No. You know, we, we all are in these confined spaces. Some people can't get out to nature. They don't live near nature. And for those people, just getting fresh air is important. Just if you have a, a balcony or you can go downstairs and walk around the block, um, uh, you know, try to remember what's most important because if you dig your heels in on something that actually doesn't matter that much, it's probably not going to go the way you'd like it to. No, and it's not going to motivate your child to do what you would like them to do as well. So lots and lots of really useful information and nuggets and tips and wisdom from Sharon here on how to help motivate your child during these uh, difficult times. And also, if you're listening to this outside of COVID, who knows where that's going to be, but you might be listening to this going, oh my goodness, yes, I remember then. But all mm -hmm. this information is going to be valid then, regardless of whether there's COVID-19 or not. So Sharon, exactly. thank you so, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed chatting to you and I will share in the notes, podcast notes, details of where parents can get hold of you. They can see your work. They can get your, your new deck of cards, uh, the ADHD solution pack deck and all sorts of other things that Sharon does. She's amazing. Check her out. And the, the links are in the podcast notes below. So thank you again, Sharon. Will you, will thank you, come you back so much. About something else with me? Yes, anytime. I love chatting with you. That sounds great. That would be fantastic. In the meantime, stay safe. And all the readers, uh, all the readers, all the listeners, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're safe. Continue to stay safe. Do what you can to stay sane and make sure you get some fresh air and some time for yourself. Even if it's putting your head out of a window and it's safe, take some breaths of fresh air, come back to your breath, center yourself and nourish yourself with something to keep you on a, in a better mindset during these tough times.
So thank you. Agreed. Shannon. Agreed. Thank you so much for having me. And I echo Louise's wishes for safe, safety, sanity, and health during this time. Thanks so much, Sharon. Bye for now. Bye. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.